Welcome back to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, events, and issues surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. My name is Stephen Conway. Joining me, as usual, Jeremy Feinstone. We are contributors to the Fight Game Media Network. And we are coming down to the bigger shows on the Destruction Tour there in Kobe and then later on in Rio Goku. Now, uh, this weekend, we have the first one, the Kobe show, which is going to be headlined by that man right there that you see on the screen, Yoda Suji against Will Ospreay. Jeremy, we've got, Yoda these, Suji. We've, got these, we've got these house shows to talk about, a lot of news and notes. So uh, while we didn't have as many shows to watch, there was just one put up on New Japan World, there's still a lot of uh, comings and goings and busy things with uh, New Japan that we're going to cover here today. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. It just feels like uh, we, we have news. We have things to talk about regarding presumably matches. But my God, it has been the most boring stretch of New Japan uh, for the last three weeks. Just like... It's just been coming out in a trickle, and there are things that have been happening over the last couple of weeks that have just that not been my cup of tea. Well, fair enough. And we're going to discuss some of the weaker and stronger points of these shows and the storylines they're telling. I wonder if the lack of events, and we're basically getting one a week for a little while, has right. to do with the... Uh, reconfiguring of the network a little bit that they're probably just uh, you know taking time to do that rather than uh, broadcasting you know they you got to have uh, that's you got to have some time to put all that stuff together since yeah. they're going to be rejiggering the network there so uh, hopefully we can uh, get back to more shows uh, later on I understand we're going to be seeing more of the junior tag league for instance coming up and September is just kind of a slow month as they get ready to make New Japan World into something new and different and exciting. it feels kind of lame duckish you know, like when you have a president that's like leaving office and it's just kind of like things are just kind of quieting down before there's this like grand, like new beginning with a new like platform. Yeah, we have this show on the 24th and it's got Yoda Suji and Will Ospreay, but there isn't a whole lot of heat to it. And the feuds yeah. going into October just haven't quite hit overdrive yet. So I'm just, I'm kind of waiting for that big. That big show that says, hey, check out this app uh, that I just I kind of felt like we haven't gotten yet. Well, we're going to talk about what's coming up with that app and what's on the shows. Colin yeah. is here watching with us. Hey, Colin. Good to see you again, as always, sir. Glad you're here. And uh, yeah, let's go over some of these news and notes. So okay. uh, what would you like to start with here? Uh, I know that there's been uh, a little bit of a talk about, uh, yeah, and this is an interesting thing here. Uh, on October 10th, this is from NJPW Global, uh, NJPW and Stardom will hold a joint business strategy presentation. The presentation will stream live on both companies' official YouTube channels. So I have a feeling we're going to hear about another historic crossover out of this. Again, not inside mm -hmm. information. Nothing's been leaked. But uh, I don't know why you would have this event if there's not going to be a historic crossover. And I'm very interested to hear how they might inter integrate these two brands that both of whom are owned by Bushi Road. One is the best women's promotion in the world. Mm -hmm. And one is our favorite uh, promotion in, in Japan. And for me, the my favorite to watch in the world. Is there going to be more integration? We've talked about how this kind of started off with uh, a bit of a fizzle. Uh, there, uh, we haven't seen as much of the stardom women on the men's shows as we were, or the NW, NJPW shows as we were hoping. Uh, maybe this is a new attempt at uh, starting to weave these two brands together. 
I don't know. I think it's a once a year thing. And it's just like Forbidden Door with AEW. It's like Multiverse United uh, with Impact. It's their their co-op show. They have a couple of enticing main event matches. And then the rest of the card is team up here and there. Maybe we're going to get that Taichi. I don't remember who he was teaming up with last time around and went on the date with. But, you know, like some funny like stories that come out of it. Interesting stuff. Uh, but no, I think this is going to be more like the once a year thing, but we're still going to have potentially in the American event in New Japan America, some of that stardom talent coming over here and wrestling there. But within New Japan, within Japan itself, I think this is the, this is going to be the one and done per year and they're just going to keep announcing it. Uh, that I'd way. Still That's like what to it see- reads to me. I still, if you, if you're just going to do that, then I still don't understand the, the point of having the, NJPW Women's Championship. I understand the oh yeah the strong championship. If it's going to be something based in the U.S., which is what we thought the IWGP the whole thing a hot mess at this point. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping that we get a little bit more of that on uh, certainly in the Tokyo Dome, certainly at Dominion, maybe it also Dontaku or uh, King of Pro Wrestling that type of thing. I, I just like to see more of that uh, women's title defended on the men's. Uh, okay, so if you're listening for the first time, here's what the deal is: is that initially they created a title for New Japan Strong, the women's title. But what was it originally called? What was the first title that Mayu Iwatani has right now? The one that she has now is the IWGP Women's Championship. Okay, so she has the IWGP Women's Championship. Yeah, Julia has the strong title. And Julia has the strong one. They created the strong title initially for Mercedes Monet and Julia to feud over. The whole thing fizzled, and now we have two titles. One of them is hardly ever defended, and what needs to happen is they need to merge both of those titles into one title and just centralize that. But I don't know if they're going to do that. What do you think? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I my hope, what I would do, since we have the two titles, you can have the IWGP Women's Championship, like I mentioned. This is what I'm hoping for, and I don't know what's going to come of this, but defended at the major shows quarterly. I'm not asking yeah. for the Women's Championship to be on every show or anything like that, anything remotely like that, but on the big ones, just have it as a special attraction. Yeah, I the agree. women's the women's strong title, I think, can be on those USA based shows. I, I have no problem with doing both on that, you know, and. Uh, that could be a way that it works so that Julia comes over and does Las Vegas. Maybe she does Garland on the week. We don't know, but we know she's going to be in Las Vegas defending that strong women's title. She can fly over every once in a while and defend Doesn't those belts. Doesn't it need to be defended with more regularity, though? Like once well, every of- few months? Just Kingston looks like he's defending it once every week at this point. Yeah, and I but know that's, that's, like that's a the way. Deal. That's the way AEW books and the way that he kind of books himself and all that stuff. But I mean, really, in in Japan, you, the champions only defend the titles usually only every couple, three months, every month or so. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the world title a lot less than that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, we got some comments about this that I think are good. Flaming Sharks with us, very cool. Uh, and he said oh, that's a good sign. This joint uh, business conference, hopefully a crossover too, but hopefully signs of more cooperation between Stardom and New Japan. That's what I'm hoping for. And he also adds the Dominion and Wrestle Kingdom should have oh, a Stardom absolutely. match at the very least, certainly. Also says the uh, women's title should have defenses of Wrestle Kingdom, All-Star Grand Queendom. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, that's their, that's Stardom's big end-of-year show. Uh, and uh, 
Dominion historic crossover, maybe throw in one or two more. Yeah, I'm not asking for it constantly, like you said, but uh, I do wish I would see it a little more on New Japan chess. I think it's smart for Bushi Road to bring those wrestlers to because they don't necessarily have the same audience. And so I think no. that would be smart to do. And you're not going to convert everybody from one to the other to into both. That's not going to happen, but it can't hurt, I don't think. And uh, especially because a lot of these women are very, very good and the matches will be good. Uh, Colin mentions, do you think Rossi might be finally coming into the 21st century and they want to update Stardom World? Please, please, for the love of all that's good and holy, do that. <laughs> I, I was hoping. Look, it's a great point, sign that Bushi Road is updating New Japan World and contemporizing yeah, they. I'm hoping they take whatever system they use there and just put it on Stardom World and so that they're the same interfaces you know it doesn't have to be even the same service although i'd love that if they bundled them and maybe took a buck or two a month off uh but i think that would be smart to do you can just add yeah. the other one for a little bit but never minding all that just make that stardom world interface better that's really all i it's make it really more accessible awful. i tried really i really tried to make the effort to get into stardom i just it's very difficult to do it on a computer or do it from a tablet I, mm. I I am very reticent to get Chromecasting and all that. Like that's where I draw the line, kind of thing. It just makes it very difficult for me. I'll, once they get the app going, I'll be watching a a metric amount of Stardom, a a a, a lot of Stardom. So again, business strategy presentation that's on October 10th, so the day after the Destruction Rio Goku show, and uh, we'll hear what they have to say. Hopefully, it's some good news for us there. But uh, we might be building this up too much. They might it might be a point that was made earlier. They might just be saying there's going to be another historic crossover. That might be all there is to it. I so, kind of uh, thought that would be it. But hey, if you want to dream a little dream, a better app is definitely the way to go. I, I'm dreaming big and hoping for more matches on uh, each other's shows. And then here we go. Per multiple sources, according to the Super J cast, uh, another New Japan podcast here, uh, Walker Stewart will be the new English voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I am personally not familiar with Walker. I but, know uh, you... next to nothing about this guy as well. <laughs> okay. But well, I heard his clip. He did a Wrestle Kingdom advertisement for New Japan that you can find on Twitter. He's got a deeper cadence. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Mauro Ranallo, but uh, and I don't I say this kindly, not quite as nasally, if that makes any sense. Uh, okay. Much different than Kevin Kelly and Ian Riccoboni. Uh, just, just deeper. Maybe a little bit of Nigel McGinnis in the way that he speaks, but he's American. So it's that, it's that deeper cadence but with an American accent. So uh, it was a 30-second clip. If, as long as he knows what he's talking about, uh, I think we'll probably in very good hands. And it appears that Chris Samsa and him have already uh, developed a friendly relationship going forward, and uh, that can only lead to good things as well. Well, that's a smart move, really, because the work that Chris does is pretty amazing in putting together all that information. And it really has added layers to Chris and Kevin's broadcasts. And hopefully Chris is still a part of the plans going forward with Walker, if indeed Walker. Again, this is per multiple sources. Once again, we're kind of supposing here Bushy Road has not made any official announcement about this yet. And uh, Flaming Shark says he's 21 years old, apparently. So it's another example of New Japan investing in the youths. So there you go. And Colin is still gutted about losing Kevin Kelly. Yeah, I mean, it's sad, but uh, as soon as he joined Collision, this was... The writing was on the wall, guys. The whole thing was just... The countdown was on. 
Yeah, exactly. He had contractual obligations. He's going to fulfill those because he's he's going to fulfill them. You know, he's he's not going to back out on those. And uh, then uh, it will be uh, on to other things. So yeah, there you go. I, I Chris Chris did all right. I, you know, he definitely needs a play by play voice, and I think he would say that he really wants and, and needs a play by play voice. But uh, for a couple of house shows, I thought Chris carried himself. Uh, fairly well. Uh, he had some help from Shane Haste and yeah. not a lot of help from Mike Nichols, but he uh, he uh, did uh, manage you to get win some and y'all lose some, right? <laughs> yeah, my, maybe maybe Mikey's uh, not his his future is not in the broadcast booth, but that's okay. Not everybody is. It's two, it's different skills. It's two, those cutting promos, wrestling, and broadcasting. All of them are very different skills. There are very 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 few that are good at all of them, and that's why people like Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk and you know, others are, are absolute legends because they can do all the things well. So there you go. You know, speaking of a couple of legends, I wasn't able to watch a match, but uh, were you able to catch the Marafuji Osprey match? No, I don't have the, the Noah service right okay. there, but there it is. It's uh, Osprey and, and Marafuji. Uh, Osprey did get the win. And uh, Marafuji, of course, one of his heroes and a dream match for Will Osprey as he for all signs uh, are showing that all signs are showing that Will is winding down his time as a freelancer and knocking out a couple of bucket list items. As I mentioned before, uh, randomly Check Noah had had TV. <laughs> Noah had TV in England uh, late at night on a on a obscure channel, and uh, Will was able to watch that. So Will's actually uh, introduction to Japanese wrestling was Noah instead of New Japan, although he's certainly aware of all. Of we them, owe it all to Marafuji. Marafuji, one of his heroes. So he got to wrestle Marafuji, and he got the win there for uh, at a Noah show this past week. And you and know who else got to do it for one of their heroes this week? Who's that? Eddie Kingston go. got to do it for Kawada. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Eddie Kingston at uh, the Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. That's where they have the U.S. Open Tennis uh, Tournament. And, of course, one of their shows there each year, a big one uh, outdoors, although you can close the roof if it rains at, uh, in New York there. Uh, and uh, in Queens, uh, Eddie Kingston defeated Claudio Castagnoli to become the new ROH world champion and retain his NJPW strong title. So he's Double champ, that's the, the culmination of a story that's been going a long time, that feud between Eddie and Claudio. And, of course, Eddie is from Yonkers, which is not far north, I believe, of Queens. I mean, don't quote me on that one. I might have just put my foot in my mouth. But it's also in New I York City. Yonkers. And Eddie is from Yonkers, but uh, he's uh, right there in Queens, not terribly far away. Hometown guy, so to speak. And he defeated Claudio to retain both belts. And did Brad you, uh, did you probably catch going to correct me on my geography. Fair enough. What's that? Did you catch a one? I haven't seen it yet. Once again, okay. I'm, I'm still catching up on my DVR. So this is pretty great, man. This is a pretty great match. Uh, it started out pretty slow, but it was the typical, they're just going to hit each other. Uh, he did his back fist several times. Uh, Claudio did the uppercut. Chops. Claudio's chest was completely messed up. Uh, you know, we talked about last week that, we were pretty sure Eddie was going to win this match, but it was wrestled in such a way where I can legitimately tell you that I was concerned that they would decide that he wasn't going to, that this wasn't the night for him to win. Right. You know, you just like, yeah. you watch it. It's the big show. Like maybe there's another like carrot you're going to dangle down the way. And this might not be the night they wrestled the match in such a way where you, you really kind of wondered, uh, is this really going to be his night? 
and you know he did his uh he did the stretch plum and he he did the back fist and he did the uh the suplex that he usually does and claudio kicked out and then you know he hit the kawada power bomb and they got the one two and three and i tell you man i don't do it often but i just did the fist bump like you did it that was the perfect match to have here with the perfect finish the crowd loved it they ate it all up Cesar uh, Claudio uh, gave him the handshake, you know, grudgingly at the very end. He walked away and he held up both belts in the middle, and it was it, worth watching. And, Happy hometown uh, ending. What more could you ask? It for? was it was Eddie's night, and even if it was the opening match on the show, like it was the best moment on the show for me. Well, I'm glad he got through it unscathed because, unfortunately, there were some major injuries on that oh, show. Yeah. I know John Moxley and Adam Cole both out for a little while, possibly with uh, injuries from that one. And uh, let's see, Flaming Shark, he's uh, also on this one too. He says uh, it was a very good match. I really enjoyed it. Grand, Grand Slam in general was awesome, but this was probably the best match of the show. So congratulations to Eddie. And then, of course, the good news for us here is that uh, Eddie remains the NJPW Strong Champion, although Claudia would be a pretty damn good champ too. But that means we get to see more Eddie, and uh, he is scheduled right now to be in many different places. He's going to be working for Defy. He's going to be working for AEW. Saturday night, Defy. If you want tickets, go watch him wrestle Rocky Romero. And we can see him in Las Vegas against a an opponent to be named later as a uh, championship defense there at Samstown Live in uh, Vegas. So, yeah. We... Interesting. Uh, Royal Quest 3, uh, Saturday, October 14th at the Copper Box Arena. Do we have more information about this one? I know that Zach has, Zyber Jr. has once again uh, reiterated that he wants to face the winner of Will Ospreay and Yoda Suji from Destruction in Kobe yeah. at the Copper Box. So we're expecting the main event to be Zach versus the champion, whoever that may be, either Yoda or Will. What else do we have? Uh, do we know anything else for this one other than just some names? There's some programming information about this that uh, is very helpful. Last year, we waited a undetermined amount of time to watch <laughs> this on New Japan World uh, because we thought it was going to air and then tape and show up the next couple of days. That didn't happen. However, this year, if you want to watch Royal Quest 3, you need to get yourself a Rev Pro subscription and you can watch it on the Rev Pro service immediately live on demand, the whole deal. And then it will appear later on on New Japan World. Uh, I don't know when and I don't know how I'm if I'm going to be able to catch it that day, if we'll be able to review it. But we're going to figure that out later on. Usually, usually we're pretty resourceful about those things. But programming wise, if you want to watch it, you got to get yourself some Rev Pro. From what I understand, it is not a separate pay-per-view on their service. What you do is you sign up for the service, you pay for the first month, and you get the show. So I, from what I can tell, it's not like some of those... Uh, it's not like the, the Noah Japan, where you buy a show within the subscription. Yeah, and not like some of the world on. stuff or uh, the All-Star Junior Festival where it's in addition to the NJPW World subscription. My impression is that it's basically a way for Rev Pro to get some people, some eyeballs in, <laughs> and hopefully they will uh, tempt you to look around a little bit and see the uh, rest of their library. I mean... You know, again, if it's one of those things where I talk about this with CMLL, I talk about it with Defy, I'm going to talk about it here with Rev Pro. 
all kinds of respect for these promotions. There are great matches everywhere. It's a embarrass. It's an embarrassment of riches for pro wrestling fans right now. I simply don't have the time to watch all this stuff. And uh, the fact that there's more good stuff than I can watch, and it's not the worst problem in the world to have. I so, can't keep up myself. It's very, very tough. So I, if I do end up getting that, I will probably poke around on the service a little bit and just see what other matches. Oh, yeah, this one. I forgot about this one. Rev Pro did that match. I should watch that. You know, maybe. And I might go down a rabbit hole. I mean, hole. get this we'll and then go back and watch the uh, the Shingo and Will match from August. Oh, boy. Yeah, good stuff there, too. Yeah. And and Will and Zach and a lot of, uh, well, Suji, of course, Great Okan. A lot of familiar faces from New Japan have spent a lot of time toward the top of Rev Pro cards over the years. So there will be some familiar names. You might get introduced to some new ones. Yep. All right. So I'm going to blow this up a little bit. Yeah. And then we have some information about the strong tag titles, the <laughs> women's strong championship and the men's strong championship being declared uh, matches for Sam's club on October 28th. So uh, after October 9th, when Hikaleo and El Fantasmo face uh, Kid and Coughlin for the strong titles, the winners will defend them at Camp Club. And so that is the plan there. Kingston, after having defended and successfully won against Claudio and potentially against Rocky Romero and whoever he faces on October 14th at Royal Quest, he too will be facing potentially Hinare at Club. Yeah, all indications point to that finally being the match with Hinare that they built during the end of the G1 tournament. And then, so this is the one I don't know as much about, so I'm going to read this one with you. Uh, with defenses against you and Risa Sarah in Japan and a four way bout at Multiverse United 2. Julia is steadily building an impressive champion's resume. If she holds her title come October 28th, who will be able to step against the beautiful insanity of the champion? So no clear idea who, but it is not going to be Stephanie Beckett. Doesn't look like it, does it? It looks like she is going to be in a tag team match earlier on in the card. So I get to see her. I'm excited about seeing her right there. But uh, yeah, she's a talented, uh, talented uh, star that's starting to build up. CMLL. Not the greatest track record with female workers, but Stephanie looks like she's a special there and uh, could come out of that in, uh, in a place where she could go other places, wrestle some better mm -hmm. wrestlers and things uh, such as that. But she's in a tag team match there at Sam's Club Live, so we'll see who they have in mind for Julia. Right now, Julia competing in the five-star Grand Prix, the stardom version of G1. So she's pretty busy because she's in the mix there. She won the tournament last year, ended up winning the Red Belt, the World of Stardom Championship at uh, – at the big event at the end of the year for them. So, you know, it's one of those things where she's a major player for them. Mm -hmm. So they can't just jump in with, she'll be facing here because there's a lot of storyline reasons that we can't know exactly what Julie is going to be doing. If you had to put money down on a scenario, would you put, would you be more likely to put money down on Mercedes challenging Julia at Sam's club? Mercedes showing up at Sam's Club after a Julia match for a historic Ed Clover match or a Wrestle Kingdom match or nothing whatsoever. Of those three, I think the most likely would be Monet walking out and challenging Julia. Sam's Club Live is not a big venue. 
And I feel like that match alone, just Mercedes alone, could probably sell enough tickets to fill that place. Therefore, I feel like they would waste that match a little bit if it were at Sam's Town. Or but Sam's they Club did Live. battle in the Valley. Sam's Club Live. That's a, Sam's <laughs> Club Live is a is a, a giant box store. Sam's Town Live. Uh, that's like Costco Live. But Sam's the San Jose Civic only had like two thousand, and they had Mercedes Monet versus Kyrie there. Well, Sam's Samstown is smaller than that, I think. It, it, it's right. a small, it's a small building. So I, I think they could do something a little bit bigger than that and make it a okay. make it a part of a bigger card than that. And plus, you want to set it up again. If they were going to have that match there, I feel like they would have just announced it. And we, we don't know where Mercedes is on that one. She was at all in and uh, London, of course, but she had a walking boot on. So it looks I kind of like thought she, she may show up last night. There are a lot of rumors about that, but uh, that did not happen. No, I'm sure she'll turn up there eventually. It seems, but uh, especially with Vince back in charge, it looks yeah. less likely <laughs> that she's going back to uh, the people that she walked out on in the first place. Uh, if Paul couldn't get her back when he was in charge, then it's not going to happen with Vince. But so we get Mercedes a little bit more there. Yeah. So my guess would be, if she is involved in anything, that it would be making some sort of challenge. And I kind of doubt she's going to even walk to a ring until she has that boot off. I don't see her. Yeah, you know, I think they're going to protect that image pretty well and make yeah. sure that she uh, she can at least you know walk on two feet. But hey, if Mercedes must turn up in Vegas, that'd be great. That'd be that very be very cool. cool. I mean, they they could also just do it with a video thing too. I mean, there's there's all kinds of examples of them doing that. You know, the, the lights go dark after the champion is holding the belt up, and then the video package comes on. So there's ways to do that as well. So I thought it'd be a little bit more heated and fired up by the time we got to this point, but <laughs> this picture yeah. is when I went sour on the Sonata run as champion. Okay, now before we get into this, and I know exactly why, and boy do I agree, what we are looking at here for the folks that are listening on the podcast, we have a photograph from a... I guess was it a press conference or a video? It was a, like I think it was a Nippon Sports press conference. So... There are two wingback chairs sitting next to little end tables with a candle, I think, on each one. It's weird. And it's just in a, an empty space. And then there's a giant monitor to plug Re Destruction Rio Goku. Of course, the World Heavyweight title match there is Sonata and Evil. Sonata is sitting there in a suit and he's got his hat. His, his, uh, he's got the stylish thing where his pants don't go all the way down. They're like a priest. And then no Evil... socks either. No socks. No socks. Evil sitting there. Most importantly, though, with the IWGP World Heavyweight Title Belt that he has stolen from Sonata, and so they're sitting in their wingback chairs and they're talking a lot of smack. And there is a and and there is a display behind them that shows you that Sonata is actually the champion and holding the title, and yeah. Evil does not hold a title. Stephen, who's holding the title? Well, in the two chairs. <laughs> Evil is holding the belt the, that he stole Ugh. from Sonata. He's holding the belt. They're sitting there talking about it. Sonata, as he sits there passively, like he does everything, is oh, talking about maybe a lumberjack st stipulation to the match there because House of Torture interferes with everything. Meanwhile, his damn belt is 10 feet away from him. What do you, just, go ahead, Jeremy. I Let loose. You deserve it. I... The fact that Sonata did not at any point walk over, smack the shit out of evil, take his belt back and said, I am the champion. And if you want to hold this, you have to beat me for it. Absolutely infuriated me. I have gone 
to extreme lengths. I've been critical about Sonata. I've been very critical about this run and knowing they've had to do things, including have him go undefeated in the G1 in regular bracket play to make him look strong. The one thing that they shouldn't be doing to make him look strong is to have someone hold the title over him and he do nothing about it. You know what? I don't care. Make it evil versus Naito at this point. What the fuck, man? Like, get your title back. Show this guy that you're the champion. I don't care if you only have three other guys in your stable right now. I'm sorry Kanemaru's hurt. Take your title back. Show him you're the champion. And show him that you are the standard bearer of New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you cannot do that, if you cannot walk six feet over and smack a man in the mouth and take your title... Bro, I don't care about this match, and I don't care about you as champion. I'm sorry. You have you've, you've burned that bridge right now. I mentioned last week they've been booking Sonata incredibly weak. You know, he just gets beaten down. Uh, they lose a lot, and it's it's just been very difficult to get into Sonata as champion anyway. His lack of charisma was making it a struggle in the first place. But this is pretty egregious right here. I mean, to not do a thing about somebody else's stolen, the one thing that allegedly, allegedly now, means the world to him. And, you know, there it is, just sitting right there. And he just sat there the whole time. And, they, and Evil walked out with the belt. Sonata didn't do anything. And it reminds me there was an angle a long time ago. I'm going to go way back because, you know, I like that. Mm-hmm. In Jim Crockett Promotions in the mid-'80s, Dusty Rhodes was the TV champion, okay? And that belt wasn't the most meaningful thing in the world, but it was a title. And Arn Anderson beat him up and stole it. Horseman versus Dusty thing, right? Arn Anderson beat him up, took the title, did these promos because Arn Anderson's great, you know, all about how possession is nine tenths of the law and I'm the television champion. And one week on Worldwide Wrestling, there's Arn doing his spiel, you know, nine tenths of the law. And without anybody noticing, without there being a, a without music, without whether they didn't really do that then, without any fanfare, all of a sudden a chair comes crashing in to Arn in the back of his head and his back. He flops down, grabbing his head. Dusty is, the camera pans out to see Dusty Rhodes holding a steel chair. He drops the chair, doesn't say a word, picks up his belt and walks away. And Arn is just left there like holding his head. Dusty Rhodes showed that you got to be a man, right? I mean, you you can't do that. And the people were going insane for it. You've got to have the champion show some backbone here. Do not create a scenario where this happens and your champion is embarrassed. I get that they're expressed and I get that things are done differently and that the optics of how a champion behaves in Japan is different than the optics of how a champion behaves in the States. With that said, there are some things that are universal. If you are the champion and someone has your title, you take your title back. Can you fathom Kazuchika Okada standing there? I cannot. I can't. I can't imagine him doing an angle where he had it stolen from him either. But I cannot fathom Kazushi Okada just sitting there, just looking at somebody else holding his belt, calling him the champion because Evil says that he's the Not champion. Not this Okada. And you know, like, and he would just be standing there, just going, eh, "Maybe we should just have a lumberjack match so I can get that thing." He would have gone to beat the living. Okay, all right. And some you and I are the same page in the same yeah. chapter, but uh, it is just. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Flaming Shark, Sonata doesn't attack evil at the end or anything, so he looks like a dork. I have nothing against Sonata, but we can't get the belt on Naito soon enough. That's really the bottom line. That's what this is, isn't it? We're just working to get the belt over to Naito. He's and a transitional champion. They had yeah. a story to tell for Naito, and they're like, okay, well, let's repackage Sonata, give him his shine, but at the end of the day, he's still a stepping stone for somebody else. And then Colin says the sooner Sonata is no longer champ, the better. Yeah, it's just not working. It's just not working. And Shark, once again, yeah, this is not only strange looking for the champion, but also Sonata is a champion you need to protect. Yes, this is an important point. And they were on track, right? He had to go undefeated during the G1 because he was a little bit suspect as the champion. Like, is this guy really the world heavyweight champion? Kind of like when Evil was, right? So you're just like, eh, I don't know if this is really the right thing. Having him go undefeated through block play was exactly the correct thing to make him look strong. And then they have made him look like a ninny ever since. And anyway, it was Shark finishes up his point with someone like Naito or Okada could survive some dumb stuff, but not Sonata of all people. It's a fragile thing because he's not seen on that elite tier the way a lot of the other guys who have held that belt are perceived. So with that in mind, you have to really work hard to make him look tough, strong, competent. And with the last month, they've just done all they've done the opposite. And I understand, Jeremy, and I think everybody at home does too, that Sonata's gonna win this match at Rio Goku. But and how, he's but going to get how does he win the match and look dominant? Like how how does he come out of this looking better? Does yeah. he kick out of everything that evil does and just Make it look like Evil d never had a chance. Or... And everything Togo does, and everything Yujiro does. Like, is he yeah. is he Okada Superman? And he just because he's got to do something like that. Because if this is just give and take, and you know, like Evil almost hits everything is Evil, but he doesn't, and then Sonata hits like a Moonfall or something like that, and it's just a title match. Nothing is accomplished, and we've literally just wasted six weeks. Yeah, it's a real shame. It's funny that they think that this is the guy and the way to present the guy that you're going to send down the ramp at the Tokyo Dome holding your belt. I, I get, I get that they wanted to do Sonata's greatest hit with all his LIJ rivals on the road to facing Naito and really closing that book. I get it, and that they really needed to make a chapter stop of evil mean something. But I think they. I think they blew the landing on this one. Yeah, they they have to put obstacles in his way so he can overcome those obstacles. Right. But I think they overdid it. I just think they overdid it and made him look too weak going into the match. He's going to win it. He's going to he's going to defeat him. The scenarios just don't work for him and he can't rise above the bad material. Yeah, and he just doesn't have the charisma in the first place. He's kind of like I've mentioned he's he sucks charisma out of the people he's wrestling somehow, but there was a a sign this week in Fukuoka of life, but uh, we're going to get to that in just a little bit, but just isn't, it's not working. I think, I think at the end, we're going to look back on this era and say that Sonata was a failed experiment as a transitional champion. Yeah. At least, at least there will always be the fact that he had this so that they can use that level of prestige to elevate other people slash reheat him up in the future. They got him to this level. So if they ever need to get him back to this level for another reason, either as a heel or for whatever reason, at least that they've set the groundwork now so that it won't feel even more forced if they have to go back to it in the future. Really, Taichi should be the lead of just five guys. That's wow, that is a bold statement. Who else, though? It's, it can't be Sonata. I, I mean, mean, are you sure just five guys should even exist? 
Yeah, I don't have any problem with them existing. I think Taichi is an innovative guy. He is a creative guy. I'm not trying to put him on the same level as a wrestler as Okada and Naito and things, but I think he does interesting things mm -hmm. and he is charismatic. And I think people care about him more than they do Sonata. I mean, he, I don't disagree. I just, I never even occurred to me to make him the leader. He was Where's before Sonata. Buddy? Just four guys and a gal. Have you seen her Twitter? She ain't coming back from it. She's in some oh. weird shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> I am not I am not a follower of Miho Abe on Twitter. I don't know what's going on. And uh, I feel like I'm not going to ask any more questions. Moving on. Um, anyway, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> we had the polling for uh, the Taichi and show King of Pro Wrestling stipulations. And thank God, because last week when we did the show, this was closer than it should have been on the stipulations. Of course, shows were a clown show. They, this was an attempt to make sure that Taichi stipulations were made because uh, shows were going to suck the life out of everything. And it was 55 45 last time we did this show, but thankfully cooler heads have prevailed. So here we go. Taichi stipulations. I mean, people might really have just wanted the match to go 10 minutes. Taichi stipulations. The seconds are all handcuffed to one another. So just five guys will be handcuffed to house of torture members for the match. The idea being, of course, to limit the interference and that one with 27,185 and votes at 62.7%. So a whopping victory there. Show with a 10-minute guaranteed decision match. And the Black Mephisto Band uh, only garnering 16,000 votes uh, of people whose sanity I question. And 37.3%. You know, uh, speaking of stipulations, we forgot to mention, apparently there is a possibility that Evil and Sonata might be a lumberjack match. No, I mentioned that that he's okay. looking at a lumberjack stipulation. I, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. I want to make sure we got we got to it. So, awesome! Thanks for making sure you got we covered that. Uh, uh, so we got some uh, we got some lineups of who can be handcuffed to who here. Yeah, uh, evil will be cuffed to Kanata. I wonder why. Uh, Yujiro Takahashi will be cuffed to Doki, and Dick Togo will be cuffed to Takamishinoku. Unfortunately, we will not be seeing Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And uh, I hope he's going to be doing okay pretty soon. And uh, Colin says, I hate this thing, just been the KOPW title already. Yeah, and, you know, I think Taichi has done, and Shingo Takagi, they did a good job of getting the uh, title moved up. I think that uh, some of this house torture stuff isn't helping so much. But, you know, the, the whole thing is it's an experimental title in the middle of the card. And so, you know, it, it doesn't bother me too much. But uh, the, the handcuff stipulation match, this is just basically a setup for the evil sonata thing so it, it's it, the angle alert is all i'm saying angle alert in this one so silly time silly time um okay so that pretty much goes over most of everything do you want to talk about the upcoming matches on the 24th or do you want to review the 17th and on let's take a look at the 17th because a lot of things in the 17th set up things on the 24th so right. we will look Start at the bottom yeah we'll do that Great. So Sunday, September 17th, Fukuoka Island City Forum this is the only show that was on New Japan World this past week. We're going to go over very briefly some of the things that happened at the other house shows that weren't on NJPW World. Not the most newsworthy thing, but there are a couple of patterns that are worth mentioning. So uh, they had 1,256 in the, the Island City Forum. Uh, this is a newer building for wrestling, and uh, New Japan hasn't run there before. And it's a light crowd for... 
New Japan and Fukuoka. But it's also fair to point out that they usually only come to Fukuoka for big events, like Dontaku, for instance. So a house show like this is actually a little unusual. Uh, they have had thousands upon thousands in Fukuoka for, uh, you know, let's say I think there was you know, a couple of years in a row there. They've done Dontaku there. So this is a, a different type of thing, but uh, and a new building. So uh, 1256, though, it's the, the biggest crowd for wrestling there. Uh, there was a, a smaller indie show, a stardom show there. And so not a bad, not a bad turn, not a bad turnout, but smaller than usual in Fukuoka in a different format. And it opened up with a Young Lion match, which was Yudo Nakashima and Hiromu Takahashi. And we don't see Hiromu do a whole lot of these. So this was kind of fun. Uh, I was Nakashima... off my game. I didn't even know this match was happening. And I don't know why I didn't realize this match was happening. And then when the show started and it was just Hiromu Takahashi versus Yuta Nakashima, I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and it was entertaining enough. Hiromu ran him like crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. so Nakashima has been putting on weight and size. And he's, he's not as cut as he used to be. And he's given off young Makabe vibes to me. You know, he's just trying to get a little bit of a young Makabe thing going. Makabe even point. mentioned it. Makabe even mentioned it in uh, post-match comments that, uh, you know, you got a ways to go, kid. But uh, that's what he's going with, going for with his bulk up. But Hiromu then ran him around the building. <laughs> just had him bouncing off ropes, <laughs> bouncing off barricades. He was going to work the kid. It was going to be some cardio. Uh, he gave him a little bit of offense from shoulders and chops, just the size difference that the two had. <laughs> but for the most part, Hiromu took most of this one. And uh, he did give Nakashima a rally toward the end, including a submission hold there, the uh, the Boston Crab, of course. But Hiromu ended up getting out of that. He got Nakashima into the Boston Crab, and Nakashima ended up tapping out. Nine minutes and four seconds, and uh, it was a workout for Nakashima. And Hiromu, who doesn't usually do young lion matches like this, singles, you know, it was entertaining enough. This was, a, this was a light appetizer kind of show, and I feel like they literally threw this match on here because there wasn't enough to offer to the crowd based off of... There were seven matches on this card, and it wasn't exactly like blow the roof off the door level of house show card, but they got a lot of people here. People were here for the for this, uh, for this the show with the sellout of 12500 or 1,250, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that was a sellout, but it was... Uh, they, they no, it was a sellout. Who said that uh, it's on the results. Uh, one, two, five, six. Sell up. According right. to Japan. So, mm. All right. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, I, hey, I was looking at, hey, they say it's a sellout. No, no wrestling company, to my knowledge, would ever <laughs> fudge the information whether something is a sellout, my no. friend. No, no one no, would no. ever do that thing. If it's on the website, it obviously must be true. It's on the internet. It must be true. It Absolutely must be right. true. But, uh, Match number no, two just, was... It was go, a I'm light sorry, card, ahead. man. Just a light card. Match number two was Great Bash Heel. That's Togi Makabe and Tomoaki Honma. They faced uh, Oleg Bolton and Oscar Loibe. And as we know, that Bolton is crazy strong. And he threw these guys around quite a bit. Makabe and Honma were uh, good about selling for him, especially Makabe, who's a big dude still. And uh, o Oleg was throwing him around like he was a sack of flour. Not uh, not a lot of resistance there. This is a strong man. A lot <laughs> of power made, moves. When he came in with uh, Al Kafari when he came into the ring, that guy looked yeah. excited to be there. <laughs> I love his fire. I say it over and over again to the point that I try not to say it every week now. But he just has such a he has such personality to him. I really like him, and uh, he he does need to get 
a little bit thicker right there. He's a little lanky, but he's like Zack Saber Jr. were a young lion in a lot of ways. Yeah, maybe <laughs> so. Doesn't know any of the technical moves yet. He's just in the ring learning from the very like from the basics. And if you look at it like that, it's almost endearing. Yeah, and these guys have been rotating. So Loibe, uh, Bolton, and Nakashima, they have been taking turns doing singles matches in match one every night and losing to a main roster guy. Mm -hmm. And then the others have been filling in in these other multi-person matches. So every ma every show has started off with a singles match with a young lion. Then it goes into a tag match with the others. This time it was Great Bash Heel. Now, uh, what they mentioned is having Great Bash Heel on several of these shows and in this position they are uh, reminding us that GBH has won World Tag League twice, will be part of World Tag League this year. So we're seeing some of that where they're positioning some heavyweight tag teams, putting them back together. It's going to happen in the next match, too. And uh, just reminding us mm. of some of the contenders that will be in that tournament a little later in the year. Look at you picking up needle threads for the future. And Makabe ended up winning this one with King Kong at knee drop. Third match. Here's one of those. This is a six man, but the the uh, hint was there. We had uh, Yo teaming up with Toro Yano and Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroshi and Toro, and uh, they face Satoshi Kojima, Tiger Mask Number Four, and Ryusuke Taguchi. Now, I have a theory about okay. this match. I'm going to go back again in history. There, in fact, I'm going to go back to the same place I was talking about with Dusty Rhodes and Arn Anderson, mid '80s Crockett Promotions. Hear me out. I'll get there. I promise. Get a fan of '80s mid Crockett. Crockett. <laughs> he he is a student of American wrestling. He loves American wrestling the same way when I was in college. I just wanted to get my hands on anything Japanese. Right. I just wanted to get those tapes and watch something different. Right. He was the same way in Japan. He just wanted the American stuff. He loved Memphis, you know, which okay. is the most over the top, weird, crazy promotion, but had some of the best matches and, and wildest brawls anyone's ever seen. Ask it, ask it, answer, get a realistic, ask it, question, get a realistic answer. He he liked Crockett Promotions. He loved all that stuff growing all up. Right. So, or growing up, or early in his business, probably growing up too. But when he could get his hands on those tapes, he watched them. Mid 1980s Crockett, especially 1986, I mentioned that one in particular. One of the best runs that promotion or any American promotion has ever had. Those cards were loaded. Incredible stuff. Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, The Horseman, Magnum TA before his accident, obviously, was hotter than a firecracker you had the rock and roll express and the midnight express the road warriors and the russians these cards were loaded in the middle of those cards which were booked by dusty Rhodes, they had jimmy the boogie woogie man valiant who was a comedy wrestler right the fans loved jimmy as an early card light-hearted little palate cleanser so to speak before the heavy stuff came up right so the fans like Jimmy, the office like Paul Jones, who was a bad manager, but had been a company man babyface for 10 years in the 70s and a key time for Crockett, right? So he stayed loyal to them. They were loyal to him. They kept him on, even though he wasn't a very good manager. Here's the thing what <laughs> Dusty did. They would give Paul Jones, all the crummy workers, right? So he, he had Abdul the Butcher after Abdul couldn't really move anymore. He had Pistol Pez Watley after he'd had a bunch of injuries. And he would send them after like Jimmy Valiant and Manny Fernandez. And what he did was he took all the bad wrestlers and threw them into one match in the middle. I said, we're just going to get all the bad stuff out of the way in <laughs> 10 minutes. 
And we're not going to have to watch it the rest of the way. The rest of the, the rest of the time, it's you know the Road Warriors and the Russians and the Rock and Roll Express. So then you like Kenny these guys? They got their one match still. They that. got their one thing, and sure. it's, these are all the people I I can't I can't fire Paul Jones. I can't get rid of all these other guys, and the the, the fans like Jimmy, so I got to have Jimmy. So they're all going to be in a ten minute little thing in the middle, and then we don't have to worry about it anymore. Toru Yano and Ryusuke Taguchi. <laughs> <laughs> They have been in the same match. They have been in the same match. I think this is Ghetto's Jimmy Valiant Paul Jones moment. I see where you're going with this. <laughs> so this was nine minutes and two seconds, and uh, it, it couldn't have, uh, it could not have been short enough. But uh, and, and it doesn't matter what happens; it matters not. But uh, Yano anyway gave a nut shot to Tiger Mask and pinned him. Matters not, except that now we don't have to have a Yano match and a Taguchi match. So if they're both on the show. Put them in one match. This is a way to minimize the damage. There you go. There's my thought on this one. So Yano and Tanahashi World Tag League, or Yano and or yeah. Tanahashi and Ishi. I think it's going to be Tanahashi and Yano. Yeah. I, I, all intents and purposes, they're already teaming together and tagging up and, yeah. and all that. So I think that's where they're going with that. All right. So, up next, here we go. Now, now we're back to wrestling. So yeah. TMDK the and big chaos. boy match. <laughs> yes, it was. We had Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, Zack Sabre Jr., and Bad Dude Tito against the Chaos uh, team of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. So Bishamon, the IWGP Tag Team Champs, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kazuchika Okada. And this was a lot like the other matches that we've seen on NJPW World with these guys here. But it was a good preview match, and these are all these are eight good wrestlers. So the match was good, uh, and. TMDK's turn to win this time. So it was the highway to hell finish on Yoshihashi. And the one thing that struck me about this match, because the, the, the action's good, it's a preview tag, that TMDK-Bishamon match is going to be really nice. Those really good teams. Kazucho Okada is absolutely chilling on this tour. <laughs> he is standing in that corner doing a handful of things. He, they, he does them well. He does them crisp. And then he heads to the back, and he is absolutely having a paid vacation on this tour. I mean, he, he doesn't have a storyline going. <laughs> What's that? He probably got a kid in the back. You know, he might. <laughs> he is absolutely relaxed. He doesn't have a storyline going right now. He's not challenging anyone for a title. I think they're waiting to see that he has a very special opponent at the Tokyo. Oh Dome. no, they have a, they have a match coming up. He and does, he, but what? He no, stay with me. The other day. Stay with me. Stay with okay. me. I, he's got his six man title thing. But we all know that the six-man title is just a placeholder for Kazushi Okada and that he is going to be in a major match at the Tokyo Dome. Oh, Hopefully yeah. against Brian Danielson if it works out. If not, there are other choices. But in the meantime, Okada's having a paid vacation where he loosens up, gets a few of his moves in, and then heads to the back. He's chilling. He's just relaxed. He's relaxed Okada even though he's playing up the get-off-my-long grumpy guy. But if you watch the way he's working the matches, uh, you know he's just like, I could do this the rest of my life and be <laughs> fine. So the buildup for the uh, the six man never open weight for uh, I guess the impact guys, Motor City Machine Guns and Josh Alexander. Yeah. Did you catch what the build is on Okada's end? What's the build on Okada's end? He's like, I hated it. I hated Impact. They treated me like shit, mm. and I am not into wrestling any of the guys there because of it. If they want to do this, that's fine. They're not at my level. And I just cackled. I thought that was great. <laughs> well, if you remember right, uh, he was Kato. In yeah. the, and they had no idea what to do with him. They gave him the and name of a character from a 1970s TV show about Kung Fu, and where they had a white guy as a Kung Fu master, Carradine. 
I just, uh, yeah. Garbage. Uh, yeah. Flaming Shark mentions, yeah, might as well chill if you're Okada. Stay fresh and healthy for when it's time to get back to the spicy stuff. Yes. All day long. Yes, absolutely. Because he has some big matches coming. They just aren't announced quite yet. And uh, he knows that uh, he can kick it into fifth gear when he needs to. So stay in third. For so now. I'm personally leaning towards Okada and Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom and then do Danielson and Okada too at Forbidden Door next year. You know, no, I, I here's the thing. I want to do it again. One, Danielson really wants to wrestle at the Tokyo Dome, and I think this is part of his bucket list thing. He, according to him, as it stands right now, I don't think he's going to hold this, but I don't think he knows that yet. He <laughs> is winding things down and is only going to work a handful of matches, right? Which is why I think it's going to happen in the Dome. I think he wants to work Arena Mexico. I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, I know he wants to work the Dome. I think this is how he's going to do it. And I think in Danielson's mind, as we sit speaking today, things are winding down. I don't have all what that many matches What if he wrestles somebody else, like Osprey? How many times have we run into this where you say, well, we'll do it in a year, and then 12 things happen and it never takes place? Never I'm takes not place. talking about Danielson not wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm talking about him not wrestling Okada. Why would you have him there if he's not going to wrestle Okada? He's he already wrestling Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, you can do that in AEW later. He's going to, that's where Will's headed anyhow. So, I mean, do do the Okada thing. He, he's going to do Zack Sabre Jr. Then you do yeah, Okada. He can wrestle Will in AEW. <laughs> I why can tell you, that you are not a fan of this idea. No, why do people keep just saying, do it for, no, wait a year, man. Wait a year. Like, don't wait a I year. I kind of like the idea of two forbidden doors and then you go back to it, kind of like yeah. Brock and Cena kind of thing. But I get it. I was just throwing it out there as like, a, hey, you know, maybe maybe this is an idea to entertain. <laughs> yeah, look, we were, I mean, we were supposed to be getting something different for Wembley out of Forbidden Door, and it didn't happen because there was an injury in the match. How many times have we seen major, major guys we either always change run themselves out of the bed? So get the match in the ring. Get the damn match in the ring. Flaming Shark, Okada is the most entertaining he's ever been this year. Asshole Okada is the best Okada. I'll tell you what, it's Back the best. Down. <laughs> it's the best Okada since young cocky one because young cocky Okada with ghetto as a heel in chaos, you know, coming back and being the guy that was like, the, you know, the asshole behind Nakamura, not behind Nakamura kind of next to him. Mm -hmm. like Nakamura was the leader of chaos, but Okada was the hot shot. And uh, that real cocky Okada was, was pretty great also. So uh, he did babyface Okada for a while and it worked, it worked terrifically, but uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun right there. So Next one, L.I.J. against the United Empire. So this is, uh, we had an angle in this one. Uh, Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, Yota Suji, and Bushi against uh, Osprey, Okan, Hanare, and Callum Newman. And uh, what we had here uh, was a preview of three different singles matches, two special challenge matches and that UK-US title thing. And then they had Bushi and uh, Callum Newman in there to kind of protect everybody and take a lot of bumps. Uh, this was good. Again, it was similar to the others in that it focused on Cobb versus Naito more than anything else. There was some Suji and Osprey in there, and that looked good. I think that match is going to be terrific. Uh, everything Will does is terrific. He's some one of the best Shingo on and Ocon, a, little bit of, a little bit of heat between those two. Yeah, they put some steam on it at the end. So the Suji won the thing with a spear on Callum Newman. And I, again, we mentioned that Callum Newman is finishing up this run after uh, – Destruction and Kobe, we're going to see a, a little bit of a change for the second half of Destruction where 
uh, some guys are going to be heading back right. to uh, heading back home. We'll start to see like Bullet Club, some more of the Hontai guys, so the, the, the Tongans will be back and things like that. So uh, we're going to see a little bit of a of a cast change. But uh, and I think Newman is, is has done a decent job again. Like I mentioned last week, wrestle a little more like yourself next time. But you know he's young talent, and we'll, we'll probably see him again. The point of this one was they decided to put a little steam on the Shingo Takagi Great Okan match, so they had Takagi go in the ring, hold up a United Empire t-shirt that the great Okan had given him. And uh, he put it on like he was going to join the United Empire. And then Jeremy, he ripped it off and discarded it. And Okan went to absolute pieces over this. This is the most devastating great Okan has ever been. Uh, he hammed it up big time. I'm not sure exactly what, if his high school drama teacher was in the crowd right there and he was going to show him what he could do. But uh, this was uh, really hammed up big that Okan was furious that he didn't join uh, United Empire. I'm not sure what sign Okan got that he was actually thinking about doing this, but uh, nevertheless. Okan the lover, and if he sees somebody undressing in front of him, he thinks only good things. Yeah, he's an optimist, right? Now, you know, you just, he sees someone tearing off a shirt <laughs> in passion, and he's like, oh, I know what that means. <laughs> to be fair, this is the one match that I'm did not wrong. Something. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, but uh, this is the one match that needed a little bit of something, and they put a little bit of steam on it, I guess, right there for that. So there you go. It'll probably be a good match right there. And uh, Flaming Shark has another comment here. He says, to be fair, Danielson and Okada probably does happen in Kingdom. I can't imagine Brian goes over for any other match, and I do agree he's probably uh, doing the dome. Yeah, I, I think he's just I uh, knocking off those buckets. I don't know what the hell to say. <laughs> All right. I no, don't like the idea of Diego Canate Okada. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, match number six in this one was uh, the n- n- second match in the best of seven series. So they bizarrely went to a 30 minute draw in match number one of this series. And uh, here we had a finish by Crikey. And uh, this match just breezed by. This was an easy 12 minute 37 second watch. This not, did not feel a like a 30 minute to... barn burner. <laughs> that was good though. And this one just kind of breezed by. It, there, there's nothing wrong with this match at all, but it did follow the pattern that we've been talking about. The formula for this one is the pairings. So you have Narita and Shota Umino, Nagata and Suzuki, Wato and Desperado. And it's really a kind of a set of three singles matches within this six man tag. And they do mix during the match, but the story is that these pairings keep finding their way back to one another. And uh, whether that's through knocking people off the apron, chasing people outside the ring, breaking up pins and staying with that person, like can't, they just can't focus on anything but the, the person that they're kind of paired off with. This one came down to Watto and Desperado inside the ring while the others were fighting outside. And uh, they went back and forth, some really good action there. And Desperado got the last word with a pinche loco. And that means that the strong style team of Suzuki, Narita, and Desperado took a 1-0-1 and lead in the series. I love the fact that they started with the draw and now we're just, we're going to be existing with one draw in there for the whole thing. Do you, I, they could tie the whole thing and there's no definitive winner when all is said and done. And I feel like that's exactly how this is going to go at this point is that, we're not going to get a definitive winner from this best of seven. This is all just like we're being taunted by ghetto. We're going to get great matches out of it. But the minute that they did the draw at the beginning instead of the end, it's like they really didn't want to pick off everybody by doing a draw to end this thing. But mm. doing a draw at the beginning, yeah, 
there's a writing on the wall kind of thing on this. And it could be a thing where this entire best of seven series is to set up a big match between Shota and Ren at the Tokyo Dome with the entire point being they can't get any separation. We cannot find out who's best between the two of them. You know, they're so even and they're so at each other's throats. It's impossible, you know, to know any other way except a big match in the Dome. That's the only way we're going to find out, right? That could be where they're going with it. Yeah, I mean, I... I've always circled Ren and Shota at Wrestle Kingdom this year with like a definitive winner between the two. Um, they were here. They were the two here first. Yoda showed up a little bit later on. So he may end up being the guy at Dominion to face the winner of those two in, in a kind of matchup between them. But right now they've, they've really circled Yoda and Ren and it's like, or I mean Shota and Ren yeah. and it's like, <laughs> Hey, these two are these two are, are collision course, and it, it's happening at Wrestle Kingdom. It's interesting too. The Reiwa Three Musketeers mirror the new generation Three Musketeers so much in that, mm-hmm. of course, we talked about how Ren Narita is doing a Shibata tribute act. Shoto Mino has a lot of the qualities and the look of Tanahashi, and if you look, there's an awful lot of Shinsuke Nakamura and Yoda Suji's presentation. Oh yeah. And so the new generation ones weren't the same as Muto and Chono and Hashimoto. Very different personalities between that set of Three Musketeers and the other. Of course, the point of being Three Musketeers is big stars, young, coming up together. That's the whole point of it. But they, the first two didn't mirror themselves. But these are like, these are just like if you cloned them in some ways. They're different. Yoda Suji isn't the same as Nakamura. But it is funny that the, the parallels between these guys are pretty strong. Yeah, absolutely. intentionally, absolutely. intentionally. That's not a not and an uh, the, everything right now is all about slow burn. They are slow burning everything until they get to Wrestle Kingdom. We're not getting definitive blow off to these feuds. I don't suspect that uh, Will and Yoda Suji is going to be anything remotely close to a blow off there. Um, the, Will Ospreay is going to be booked like a top guy, and as much as I want to see Yoda Suji like take that take that next step. Um, as long as these guys are off doing a best of seven thing, I'd cool my jets on Yoda Suji as well. Yeah, I mean, there's not, yeah, I mean, I don't see the point of doing a Yoda Suji Zack Saber match at the Copper Box. I think that's Will and Zach. So I think that's the one that sells tickets. I think that's the one Rev Pro definitely wants for their streaming service. So, you know, if you're going to be doing that kind of business, then I think that you're right. I, I suspect we'll get to that in the preview. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Sushi's a talented dude. His time will come. Ready so for the hottest feud in all of New Japan? Woo! So, the House of Torture and, uh, faced just five guys, uh, four of them anyway. And uh, this was an eight-man tag here. So we had Sonata, Taichi, Doki, and Takamichinoku against Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, Sho, and Dick Togo. So Taichi brought the energy for this one. He put forth a lot of effort, and he worked hard with Sho in this one. Both of those two. Uh, tried hard in this match here. Uh, House of Torture took Sonata out early with the Garrett, with the referee distracted. Evil rolled him out of the ring, and he laid on the side of the ring like a wet noodle forever. Again, just making him look weak. Again, you know, like he, he got choked out early in the match and just laid there for a really long time while his teammates took over uh, for him. 
Taichi had a strong rally in response to that once he got in. The fans responded to that. Uh, Taka Michinoku was in and sold some a while. He kind of took a little bit of the heat before he made the hot tag finally to Sonata. Once Sonata made his way back up to the apron, he had a short heat, uh, segment where he made a comeback. A lot of whipping people into the barricades on the outside. He was doing that, which made a big noise and got some responses from people right there. But uh, he was cut off. Uh, Taichi used the whiskey in honor of Uncle Nobu right there. He spit the whiskey in the faces of the House of Torture. In the end, they isolated Dick Togo in the ring. The finish was actually pretty good. They had uh, Doki knocked him around a little bit, set him up for a Mishinoku driver. So Taka got to hit his big move. Then Sonata hit a Shining Wizard and then a Moonsault for the pin on Dick Togo. And then once the three count was made, Sonata looks around, finds evil in the crowd, ran outside and attacked him on the floor. And as this is going on, Jeremy, I'm just like, yes, finally, finally. Like after the match is over, he gets the pin, but he still wants to beat the hell out of evil. Yes, I'm on board for this. You know, finally, they're making him look like he has a bit of a backbone. Uh, so the thing is, though, he did that and he still didn't get his damn belt back. I, <laughs> they, they still left. He took I'm an pretty sure open, press laid out in the aisle for that show, and he doesn't but... table and get his belt. What is wrong with this? What are we doing? If if the IWGP Heavyweight Championship was not on Hanada and this feud was going on, this would be nowhere near the main event of any show in New Japan. Yeah, that's fair. That is absolutely fair. The only good thing about this one really is, the, well, there were two things. Taichi and Sho. That match actually might be pretty good once they actually start wrestling each other. Sure. And then the other part of that is I am glad that Sonata at least showed a little bit of fire and attacked evil after the match. I like that. I like that. Like, because the one thing is the results, like, I'm chill, I'm chill, I'm chill. Okay, you finally pissed me off. This is the only win for just five guys in these multi-person tags on this house show run. So they put it on NJPW World for a reason. The rest of the time, it's been House of Torture beating them. I don't know if there has been post-match stuff because the source i have for results doesn't list that stuff but i i so i don't know if there's post-match stuff and if sonata actually stands tall at the end but they've been losing every single night so at least they made a point of on world where it's going to be seen by more people than just the live audience they at least had the champion go out and fight the guy that's been tormented i mean there's not really much to say other than this is very basic pro wrestling trying to give the challenger to the title uh some steam going to the title match we all really know how this is all playing out we are just killing time until october 9th uh when this match is happening it is painful i live in a house of torture until october 9th um i i thank new japan for you know making me watch this before they switch over to a new app. I feel like that too is an app of torture. Uh, everything about this is just like, this is pain before a new paradise in New wow. Japan. This is pain. This is pain I didn't realize we were going through so much watching this. I, you know, I wanted, I wanted the audience to understand that I understand their anguish because mm. this, is, this is a rough time to be a New Japan fan. With all the other things going on in the world, this is our, this is our cross to bear. We have to deal with an evil feud and an upcoming app. It's rough to be a New Japan fan. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that rough. Right, <laughs> right, right. 
It's a little easier than being an AEW fan in a lot of ways. So I'm saying. Or, you know, <laughs> cap tip to all the WWE talent that uh, was released today. Is there anybody on that list of people that you can see in New Japan? Well, uh, you have caught me with my uh, figurative pants down. I haven't oh, you don't that. know? I've, okay. I've been prepping for our show, Jeremy. I'm, yeah. I'm speaking of strong there style. There is a guy that was released today that I thought would be a great addition to the best of the Super Juniors. Who, who was Mustafa Ali? No, oh, Mustafa Ali is gone. Yeah. Who, who else? Were there any other names? Uh, significant names there were a lot of people that were on the bottom end. Uh, Emma, Riddick Moss, Rick Boogs. Uh, mm. I think we're in the middle of NXT talent being released right now. Uh, so a lot of people have been hanging around catering for a while. Oh, Leah, you know, the eight, the oh, eight year yeah. NXT talent, she was released. Yeah. Uh, all, all the people, uh, Ma Chay and Mansoua have been released. Uh, uh, the people at the very bottom that you know don't check your phone, kind of thing. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, yeah, but of all those, I kind of see Mustafa Ali as being a guy that has potential to be a new Japan. Shelton Benjamin and Dolph Ziggler both released. Yes, Dolph Ziggler and Shelton Benjamin. Well, Shelton has a history with New Japan. He does. I don't know if he'd be back though, but uh, never yeah. say never. No, you don't. That's a really he's uh, he was really nice to me when I met him. Actually, I met I met Shelton a few times. He was actually a really cool guy to me. So I'm sorry to hear he's gone. But he's had a hell of a career. That was absolutely 20 years ago. I met him at OVW, and then uh, Ziggler. You know, Ziggler. I don't know if he would want to work in Japan at all or anything like that. But it would be an interesting guy to have over there. He's just, he's athletic. Uh, as well. I think if he were motivated, like he could. Yeah, that's if the he thing. Were motivated, he would. But I don't know what his motivation called. He's been stale in WWE for eight years. <laughs> it's really, it's been. They have seen him as a certain guy in a certain way, and he had value for a long time, but that value has been used up. And, you know, he's put over younger and younger and younger and younger and younger and younger talent as he's gotten older and older. And that, uh, that he saw has failed to work anymore. All right, so we'll take a look now at some of the house show action that's come up. I just wanted to point out a few patterns we've been seeing. I mentioned that House of Torture has been beating just five guys every night, except for what we just saw there in Fukuoka. LIJ has probably uh, gone over UE more than anything else, although they've kind of gone back and forth. So LIJ over United Empire. Chaos has been beating TMDK on mostly a regular basis. Again, that Fukuoka show kind of reversed some of those. Mm -hmm. uh, probably for a lot of the Japanese fans that went to a house show so they could see a different finish. But, uh, to, you know, after you do the one every night and then on TV you do it the other way and then everybody sees it differently, you know, the other way around. Uh, Tana and Yano, I mentioned, have been teaming together. GBH teaming together a lot. And, uh, yeah, best of seven series guys, for the most part on these house shows, they've been adding one person on each side, making them eight-man tags and trading wins, basically. So treading water there. And uh, so <clears throat> the next day, by the way, they were in Nagasaki in front of uh, 1,380 people. And uh, it was about the same pattern uh, right there. So, uh, yeah. And uh, that in coming up there, there's a show today in Shimane and another one in Eheme tomorrow uh, with the same basic uh, preview tag lineup, which brings us to the big show of the weekend, which is Destruction in Kobe on Sunday, September 24th. And we'll go over that card now and take a look at it. And uh, we have the graphics up on the screen. Kevin Knight and Tiger Mask, uh, no Kushida at this point, uh, taking on the uh, junior tag team champions is not a title match. 
of uh, Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney from Bullet Club. So uh, this, I don't, I don't like Tiger Mask Chances. Do you? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I also kind of don't like Kevin Knight's chances because he beat Clark Connors in a uh, in a singles match going to that tournament back at the All Star Junior Festival. So uh, there, there could be some receipts coming on this one. <laughs> there might be. Very quickly, by the way, because it's a good comment. Flaming Shark mentions that Dolph is uh, probably AEW bound and the rest will scatter. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Uh, Ali would be the one I'd want in New Japan. I, I'd like to see that. And uh, Colin made a comment that I'm going to get to in a little bit after we go through this preview because it's something a little uh, wacky and unique that went on. And then... Uh, Let's see. Uh, Flaming Shark says he's also more interested in Kobe than Ryu Goku. There's some good stuff on this card. I, I am looking forward to Sunday's show. So let's uh, continue on with this. We have <clears throat> Taka, Michinoku, Doki, and Sonata against Dick Togo, Yujiro, and Evil, the World Heavyweight Champion, Jeremy, in the second match preview tag. If the title wasn't there, this is exactly where the card, the match would be on this card, too. Yeah, there's not going to be a whole lot to say about it. They will probably be some kind of angle maybe this is where they have formally announced the lumberjack thing or whatever i, I can't imagine this is going to go without anything happening but uh is this the last show before october it's the last one that's going to be on it's the last well no that's no that's fair because corican hall there are going to be two in corican between okay. the two so maybe i still feel like they're going to do something right and just Maybe. I don't know if it even matters. <laughs> I'm so cold. I am so cold on this feud. Like I am, like I am ambivalent to the point that I I honestly feel bad talking about it to the audience because if you are excited about this feud, I am a complete and total asshole, and I am sorry about that. <laughs> I'm just in a weird mental space because I am not usually the more cheerful one. I'm usually the cranky guy, and so yeah, yeah for me. Like, I'm just, I'm exasperated by this feud. Like, it just, like, nothing has happened, and then in nothingness, I'm still annoyed. <laughs> Hantai will be facing Pulico. Let's get away from it, then. Uh, Jado, El Fantasmo, Hikaleo, Tangaloa, and Tamataga. See, this is where we're starting to see the change in the cast a little bit here on these cards, on the lineup. So we're going to get the, the, you know, the Tongans back, some of these guys from Hantai. <laughs> dying of Gabriel Kidd in this photo. Oh, God, I can't get enough of Gabe Kidd's uh, pictures. Uh, so, yeah, we have uh, Gabe Kidd, Alex Coughlin, Chase Owens, David Finlay, and uh, and, and Ghetto there on the Bullet Club <laughs> side. So this is the previews for a lot of other title matches. So we'll, we will see Hikaleo and El Fantasmo challenging Coughlin and Kidd. We're going to be seeing Tamatanga challenging Finlay. So it's an appetizer for these matches. Prediction, Hikaleo <laughs> is slamming the hell out of uh, Ghetto. Yeah, probably so. Especially if, if he has a bad back. Sometimes you just think, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm the booker. You can go ahead and slam me there and get this kink. We got it. We back. got a tag match coming up for those strong titles, my man. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about it. Going to get to see that one. Uh, this is an interesting one. So we have Yo and Leo Rush teaming together, and so far it looks like they're going to team in uh, the unless there's an angle uh, in the uh, junior tag tournament against Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi. Now, one, this will be a terrific match. Look at these four guys. But it'll be interesting to, for me to see how Leo Rush works this match. He's a heel in Impact. He's recently, recently beaten the living hell out of Kushida. So given his heel run on Impact, will that spill over here? Will Yo take on his attitude, which might not be a bad idea? Or will, you know, Leo, there will be, will there be tension where he doesn't like 
the uh, more aggressive Leo? Will Leo revert to the chaos Leo Rush? I'm curious about this. I think this is going to be the dissolution of the Leo tag team. Could be. Remember I called that the Leo? Yeah. Because it's Leo and Lee and Yo. Well, do you, imagine, like do you imagine Rush just not working the junior tag league? or I could, working see, him, I could see him leaving Yo to himself so he doesn't get hurt before his match with Hiromu. And then that end up being a feud down the line between him and Yo. Uh, as a result of that. At the same time, they could win the match and Yo could look at them like, dude, what was that? And they just, they keep going. And Yo could tag with Taguchi, which he has done on this house show yeah. run a little bit there too. So that's a possibility. Although, uh, I think it might be more interesting if Yo takes on a little bit of a nastiness. I think that might be fun. He could be, uh, but he's been tagging with Hiro uh, Hiroshi and yeah, Yano yeah. and I just, like, I don't see it. Ishii and Okada in a tag match against Bad Dude Tito and Zack Sabre Jr. Again, you know, not a lot uh, of storyline to this one, but it should be fun to watch. Um, Yeah, this is just built off of that format, the eight-man that they had, and there's not really a whole lot to it because Zack Sabre Jr. is probably getting heated up for the Will Ospreay match. And, you know, I always like a little bit of Ishii and Bad Dude Tito getting in the ring with each other, but... You are not kidding when it's when it's like Okada's storyline wise is get is getting a tore off. <laughs> so, do you think Zach comes out and confronts Will or Yoda at the end of this one? No, but I think he'll look strong coming out of the match. Either way, maybe he ends up pinning uh, Ishii, uh, if not Tito winning. But either way, Zach is either pinning Ishii or not involved in the pin whatsoever. And the next one, the IWGP World Tag Team titles on the lines. Bishamon, Yoshihashi, and Hiroki Goto face TMDK, Shane Haste, and Mikey Nichols. Oh, you got a different order on here, don't you? You got I it in a different order. But, uh, <clears throat> okay, that's probably me. That's probably me. Either way, uh, let's go ahead with this one there, the King of Pro Wrestling match. We'll get to the tag team match in a minute. Uh, King of Pro Wrestling, Taichi versus Show with the seconds, we mentioned this earlier, uh, handcuffed to one another. I still think this is going. This match could go either way, whatever you want to do with it. Uh, but uh, I feel like this is an angle alert for something to come uh, for to try to get a little more heat on Evil Sonata. I wondered when you mentioned it earlier if one of the people in just five guys gets incapacitated. And so in this match, there is a handicap to the uh, – there's one more house of torture person than uh, just five guys out there. And so one of them just gets to run free. And there's going to be a lot of interference in this one anyway, because they have to make the lumberjack stipulation necessary. Yeah. 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 So um, I still see Taichi, you know, retaining, but eh, if they all of a sudden wanted to put, you know, some steam behind the show, I'd be shocked if this were the time they were going to do it. Okay, now we'll talk about the tag team title match. So Yoshihashi and Goto against Haste and Nichols. Once again, flip a coin on this one. The tag team titles can bounce around. Nobody has a real problem with that. And uh, while Bishamon is a, a great tag team, so is TMDK. Thoughts on this one, though. If Zach is already the TV champion, he's about to challenge for the US-UK title. They like to keep these belts spread around. And right now, you know, the Chaos faction doesn't have a, a ton of gold. So this... I'm saying that this could go either way. This could be retention, just keep some gold and chaos because there's already some in TMDK. But they already uh, have some in chaos too. 
Yeah, but they could also they could they could switch it. Like I'm, that's the point I'm making is this yeah. one could go either direction. I'm gonna <laughs> lean towards with the way that the titles were dropped by Aussie Open, and they want to keep potentially a little bit of strength on them. I can see Bishamon holding them through World Tag League, um, and just being just being the standard bearers going to Wrestle Kingdom, and just kind of. They're the best candidates for holding the titles right now. TMDK would be fine, and they're definitely there's definitely kind of come a day where they're holding them, and it could be on Sunday. But if it were me, I'm kind of leaning towards Bishamon holding the title through World Tag League. Special challenge match coming up after this one: Shingo Takagi and the Great Okan. So, you know, I, I would imagine the Shingo would win this thing just because he seems a little bit higher on the pecking order more than anything else. Yeah, uh, I'm just kind of looking forward to it. It's fun to see that these guys are, you know, right below the main event of the show. Uh, speaks a lot to Ocon and uh, how they've been seeing him and, and growing into it. And Shingo Takagi, man, he always delivers. It's worth mentioning the last three matches on this show are United Empire versus LIJ um, singles challenge matches so the next one tetsuya naito and jeff cobb once again there is no stipulation that that contract is on the line uh they've uh, been having some fun with that with him walking around with a piece of paper uh, with the, the contract quote unquote instead of the briefcase thing so that's pretty much gone and naito's winning this thing anyway right what if cobb wins and then they really put the title on the put the uh the contract on the line because if they haven't actually done it like actually agreed to put it on the line and Cobb wins again that could catch a lot of people off guard and there is Royal Quest coming up and there's also Sam's Club so there are other opportunities Sam's Club is that the Sam's Club Sam's Town Live yeah, Sam's Club Sam's is a warehouse, a warehouse I don't know every time I think of Sam's Town I think of Sam's Club I think of the little like icon with the little halo dude and Sam's like, Club is Sam's Club for those who don't know uh, for those who are watching in other like countries it's, it's Costco without the really good hot dogs so there you go that's fair that's fair yeah. I grew up in Southern California there was a Sam's Club in like Fountain Valley near where I grew up and I never went in there but it's, it's always just like when they say Sam's Town and Sam's Club, it's going to happen every time, and I apologize. It's just Costco without hot dogs. What there point? Is, what, what's the point of that? Next up, we have the US-UK title. This is the main event of the show. It is Will Ospreay against Yota Suji. We already talked about this one pretty much for the most part with uh, our suppositions that they're going for Zach and Will at the Copper Box. So I would be surprised if Yota Suji won that one, but Yota Suji did have his excursion part of it in rev pro so neither one would be a shock to anybody at copper box but it feels like you'd want zach and and will for that one but uh you know hey again i, I think from the previews that this is going to be a fun wrestling match to watch both of these guys seem to work well together beating will before you go to the uk for a show seems like a choice that's just me uh hmm. i do like that in this image that they uh they're not on their game that appears to be a u.s championship that will's holding <laughs> Well, he's not even holding it. It's, it's just, just kind of there. <laughs> it's just kind of there in the picture somewhere. Yeah, he's not even holding it if you look at it. It's a, there's a lot of things. Get on there. your game, graphics. <laughs> Flaming Shark says Shingo building momentum to possibly the last world title challenger before Kingdom uh, to keep leading Sonata up to Naito. That That'd would make fun. a lot of sense, actually. Uh, you know, he would just run through the LIJ I guys. I figured Had... he'd be going through Shingo at some point, but they just never kind of 
ever kind of got there? And I was like, he's, oh, all right. He's defended against Yoda Suji at Dominion. He mm -hmm. defended against Hiromu. That would make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. It might be exactly what they're doing. And uh, he also says he's super excited for Osprey and Suji. And I may need my boy Zach to do Brian <laughs> to do Brian and Will in the first half of October. So, yeah, I you know that would be. Uh, Man, what a run for Saber October Saber Junior. <laughs> yeah, boy, I, you know, and, and good for him. I mean, for him to wrestle those two guys would be fantastic. Those are they're inextricably linked. You know, that was the thing for a long time. I think, oh boy, I might make an idiot out of myself again. But Saber was the obstacle that Will had to overcome in England. Wasn't it like a big deal when he finally dethroned Zach for that Rev Pro title? Like he had gone several challenges and hadn't beaten Will or hadn't beaten Zach. And then he finally overcame that. And since then he's been on a one level higher in new Japan as a foreign star there. And so uh, I would love to see it again. And it might be uh, the way they get that UK US title off of Will. If Will indeed is uh, heading to, uh, to heading to AEW land. I, even if you go to AEW, there's just more value in him holding that title. than Zach. I don't know. Could be. There's a lot of ways to go. There's a lot of ways to go. To me, like, if Will leaves, Zach feels like one of the next Gaijin talent to be holding the IWGP world title. He could. He could. Yeah. I'd, skip, I'd skip the UK title completely, and I'd, just, I'd make him focus towards that. But that might not be their plan. That might not be their focus, and he might, you know, be a UK title guy. But the more that we hopscotch that title, the more it's just going to turn into the Intercontinental title again. Okay. All right. And with that, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap things up here? What we have, uh, like I said, this week, there's only going to be this Destruction and Kobe show. That's the only one that's going to be appearing on World. There are other house shows, and we will uh, recap those and pick up on any patterns next week there. And then we will, of course, have a full review of Destruction and Kobe and lead into the next series of Road to Destruction shows as they head toward Korokan Hall and then, of course, Sumo Hall, Ryugoku Kakujikan for the big November 9th uh, show. So, uh, and Flaming Shark says, uh, don't uh, give me hope about Zack Sabre Jr. becoming the world champion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because if you... He's if so any... good, though. Like, at some point, he is going to be one of the best wrestlers in the world, and the other wrestlers that we call the best wrestlers are not going to be wrestling full-time, and he still will be. So his time is coming. So, Jeremy. Yes. Before we go. Okay. Did you see the Shinkinson match? The what? Oh, I get to be the one to tell you about this. The what? Our own, our own member of Strong Style, Minoru Suzuki. Okay. Had a half an hour long professional wrestling match in a bullet train. I saw a clip, but <laughs> it's been a week. So. He, so it was a special event they had, and they actually wrestled in the aisles and around just around a bullet train. I've been in those bullet trains. There's not a heap of room in these things. They aren't as crunched in as an Amtrak or anything. They're actually it's like an airplane. Yeah, a little more room than that. They're nice. They're they're very nice. They're right. very smooth. Very smooth ride, which is crucial. And uh, they are well appointed. You, you get a little bit of room. You know, you're not packed in super super tight. Uh, and uh, yeah, Shinkansen is Japanese for bullet train. Yeah, exactly. Flavin Shark is taking me to task right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I think I, I have to look, and I, I think if there are two seats on either side, that's a green sure. car, which is like one of the luxury ones. Anyway, a special ticketed event yeah. where you got a little bit more space. That's what I took when I was well, around. Saw there, 
Minoru Suzuki wrestled in a uh, in a in the in the Shinkansen in the, the Bullet Train did a half an hour match where you could only really use the inside of a train car. And they filmed the whole thing. Yeah, it's going to appear on. Uh, I, I think it's going to show up somewhere on. And who uh, did he wrestle? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> well, the key to it is. I got to figure out who he wrestled, but he, uh, Kenta Kobashi showed up at the end. I saw Kenta. Yeah. And you saw the chop right there. In the thing? Yeah. I saw Kenta. I'm like, he didn't wrestle Kenta for 30 minutes. No, no, so, no. Kobashi like, can't do what's anything. going on here? That's so weird. This but is one of the viral. I think I saw something on ESPN about it. So I was just like, oh, we're going to talk about it. They'll tell me all about it. He's had <laughs> some interesting things lately for not, not too long ago. He had a wrestling match that was in, or attached to a playground, and Minoru Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki now, got in a swing and backed himself up and got on a swing set, swing, and then drop kicked a guy in the chest going forward in the swing right there. So, oh, all right, there you go. Shanshiro Takagi, that's the boss of the, yeah, this would have to be a DDT thing, wouldn't it? That sounds DDT-ish. Very ddt Yeah, so there you go. DDT bullet trainee. <laughs> So, you know, well, maybe next week we'll have another bullet train match and we get to cover on the show. He has uh, he has just been branching out and he put up a post that I uh, retweeted where he said that, you know, pro wrestling can be many different things unless I'll just enjoy pro wrestling and uh, knowing that he was going to be doing some wacky stuff in the next couple of weeks. But it, it seems like uh, Minoru Suzuki's mind is open to uh, despite his on air personality as the uh, meanest man in the world crank that uh, Minoru Suzuki likes to have fun with the art form. And that's what he's been doing the last few weeks, trying out things like swing sets and uh, Shinkansen's. And uh, basically he's trying to do a uh, pro wrestling Jackie Chan, where you just find weird places to have your fight scenes. That's really what he's doing. You know, when Minoru Suzuki experiences joy, I experience joy. Do you experience joy when Minoru Suzuki experiences joy? Something's got to cheer you up, and I'm just happy to see you smile again, Jeremy, at the end of this episode after all this morass you've been in, this emotional glass case of emotion. Kanata and the satchel ass holding his title. The, the glass <laughs> case of emotion that Jeremy's been in. I've never seen you like this. I just want Oh, to right I'm now. apoplectic about our world champion. I just, think you need, I just think you need a good hug, and I can't do it from here. So, Oh, it's okay. Like... I had my dog hugging me earlier in the thing. I your dog felt so bad for you, it jumped up in your lap in the middle it of the jumped show. Up. That's... I had two dogs coming up making sure that I was okay after the Sonata rant. This actually happened. They're both like, hey, you okay there, old man? And I'm like, yeah, touch and go here. This is the kind of hard-hitting content that people listen for. And, and if you are listening to us, uh, either watching us on YouTube or listening to us on uh, on any of your podcast platforms, please tell a friend. We really appreciate that. Word of mouth is the best way to get the show. Also, rate us, leave us a review. Media, $5 a month. You can get us on the $10 feed. We have our own feed. You can look up Speaking of Strong Style and all major podcast catchers. And we have the audio that drops later on this week free of charge. But we offer a $10 addition to the Patreon so that you can have it all in your feed with all the other fight game media shows that we have, including Power Bomb shows, The Boom, uh, The Dynamite Show, Five Star Joshi, The Rap, GG shows. We got so much stuff, man. 
Enjoy. A lot of great content. And like we mentioned, it, there's too much good stuff in the world right now to watch it all. It's impossible. So Fight Game Media will give you all the information you need to follow the world of pro wrestling as it stands currently. So with that in mind, Jeremy, should we wrap this one up? Do it. All right. So once again, for Jeremy Feinstone, I am Stephen Conway. Thank you once again for giving us your time and listening and watching Speaking a Strong Style. We'll be back next week to review Destruction in Kobe, talk about things going forward. Until then, we'll see you soon. Bye.